Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch Merchandise today. Welcome back to Curse Code and Crown, a live play Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse Code and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as Princess Gwendolyn, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante as Duncan Kindano, alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse Code and Crown! 
Maka and Duncan, you each have one thing you can do before he, with kind of the literal wind at his back, leaps off the edge of the cliff. He's, he's like, just turned and starting to run. Time slows. What do you do? Well, um, as a, damn, as a giant wolf spider, my movement speed is 40 feet. Like, I'm faster. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think I'm faster than you two. You, you 100% right, are, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's some fuckery to just be like, I'm peace. I'm running an, a, a player character off a cliff with me. Um, so I'm going to... Let me just see how this works in the moment. I just want to see. I think it's a bonus action uh, to change my shape again. Da, 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 da. Sorry, guys. No, no worries. I'm going to take this opportunity to turn my light okay. down slightly so I look less like a banshee. BRB. <laughs> yeah, it is a bonus action. Okay. All right. Uno momento for lighting yeah. and production value changes. <laughs> can you can you hear Freddy jangling his collar outside the door? Couldn't tell you. Maybe a li- He's been running he's been running back and forth. That's part of his fun. Okay, uh-huh. so Tom it was a bonus action for him to change Great. his shape. Okay. So running at full speed, uh bonus action change back into Maka and then my action will be um to go into my shell. Uh, and I basically just want to take this guy's legs out like Mario Kart style. <laughs> so I've got the full speed inertia of eight legs carrying me forward, a little hop at the end of my sprint, Maka into the shell, spinning on like ice and snow, and I want to take this guy's legs out. All right, bud, uh, go ahead and roll me, a, I guess, a melee attack. Um... I know what advantage. I wanted to do, but this is fun, and I want to see how this plays <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, roll, roll it with advantage. Uh, Duncan, if what you're doing wouldn't interfere with this, you can do it simultaneously. Essentially, I would be just attacking the arm holding the princess. Like, so like I want to see if after I can just... Slash? Yeah, like running after, and then it's one of those, not even slash, because I don't think it'd work. It's like the rapier's out, and then it's two-handed. I just want to go for like a sh- the shoulder joint of the arm okay, around so her. we'll say kind of as this all happens, he gets, because it's his round, he gets the, the lead, so he's like getting away. Uh, you're a little bit flat-footed. You start chasing with the sword up, Maka, spider, skitters. So if he fails, you can attempt that. Uh, Maka. Uh, if you wanted a melee attack, what modifier do you want on that? Just uh, use, strength? Use your, well, use your normal, like, uh, I would say whatever your... Um, like my, with my proficiency? Yeah, stuff? yeah, treat it like a, a melee weapon okay. attack. Um, you're, you're probably proficient with your shell. Yeah, okay. So that um, plus my proficiency da, 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 is a 21 to hit. That'll hit. Yeah. So you knock uh, the abominable snow at Yeti's feet out from under it. Uh, it's uh, you can clearly see a couple, like a pair of boots, uh, fly up, um, and it just slams into the ground and starts rolling down the hill with um, uh, with Gwendolyn. Uh, Gwendolyn, go ahead and roll me a uh, strength save, please. Thirteen. All right, that's good enough. Uh, he oh, also saves. Um, so both of them do that, like, I'm sliding on ice thing where they just kind of, like, starfish uh, and <laughs> yeah. skitter to yeah. a stop. Um, and uh, the the Yeti uh, looks up to see uh, a blade above its head. Uh, Ryan, do you drive the blade into his head or not? 
Uh, I would actually like to drive the blade through the shoulder and into the ground. I want this Yeti alive, but I do not want this Yeti escaping. <laughs> cool. Uh, so you do that, uh, and you hear just all like, Ow! Damn it! Uh, which you do understand, because damn it is the same in several languages. Huh. <laughs> Great. I want to try to reach down and take this thing's fucking head. Just see if there's a way to pull the head off to see yeah, what's yeah, in yeah. there. So you reach down, and you kind of like, Go to like you, you really prep to like really force it. It actually comes off pretty easily. Um, what you're surprised to find is that the the teeth don't come with it. Uh, you pull pull the kind of mask up and off and uh, Scooby Doo style, and um, you're looking at uh, the the kind of like uh, war ravaged war ravaged visage uh, of an orc. Um, so he's got gray skin. Um, he's got uh, like bright green eyes and huge kind of uh, teeth that he was using as like part of his getup. Um, but he's very clearly wearing like a you can see kind of like um, rotting meat tucked under the collar. Um, and uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a costume. Like you can you can very easily kind of take the pieces off. Um, and he he just uh, kind of looks up at you and. Uh, he he just. Do you say anything to him? Like you pull the, the mask off. He he looks up and, and just says, oh, "Please, for for your own sake, you must leave." What the fuck were you doing? I, I'm just gonna take rope out and I just want to tie up his hands together, kind of. Sure. So yeah, you you like tie his feet together. Yeah, you like you unpin know. him. You do the usual like carry him to a tree or something. Tie him to the tree. Uh, he's he's very much incapacitated. He's still wearing his Yeti costume, but. Um, his mask is off, and yeah, yeah you, I have to you go, can see he's, go get my dagger. He's go a, get my rapier. Um, none of you, uh, Maka, you've you've met orcs before, uh, likely or at least at distance. You you know of orcs. Um, you can tell he's uh, he's young. Um, he's probably whatever the orcish equivalent of um, you know his his late teens, early twenties is. Uh, big guy though, real well built. Um, there are, uh, in the same way that they're kind of all variety of humans, uh, he's a gray-skinned orc. There are other forms of orcs throughout the world. You're not quite sure. You don't recognize the clan or any markings, but, um, uh, yeah, he's, uh, and, yeah, he's just kind of, like, looking to the, the three of you almost imploringly, um, just saying, like, uh, do, do what you must with me, but please, you must leave. So why do we need to leave? What happens if we stay or keep going? Uh, too many people have, have ignored my words. You you just trust me. You're better not knowing. Maka will gesture to just all of these corpses and will say, um, did you do this? Um, he, he looks a little uncertain in a way that only a, a teenager can and then kind of looks up at you and is like, if, uh, if I say I did, would you be scared enough to leave? Mm, I am not scared of you. No. Shit. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, if you had done that to all those people, it would just guarantee that you get a death sentence at the end of this yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. No, I, I, I didn't. So who did that? It's uh, <clears throat> and then he like straightens up and, and, and does his best like military thing. He's like, I'm afraid that's uh, that's classified information. Uh, you, you can't, you can't have that. The, uh, the captain would have my ass if I told you. So, um, rest assured. They died in combat. They died honorably, and we we thought perhaps that uh, that they, they could serve a purpose here, in in keeping keeping people like uh, like those traitors uh, away. 
People just need to stay away. You got to stay out of the mountains. All right, so two questions there, my friend, because I'm also someone who's serving. My name is Duncan Kindano of the Dawnbreakers. Uh, and his eyes go wide. And it, like they, they fall to your, your gauntlets. And he's like, a, a Dawnbreaker? Here? The last one from Orville, as far as I know. Or Orville, yeah. Uh, do you, you, you must know the captain, then. And he's like, I'm, I'm a Dawnbreaker, too. And he, he kind of like... Scooches around the tree and, and gestures to uh, to his arm. Uh, Who is your captain, my friend? Uh, uh, captain Rios Kimbrack of the Dawnbreakers. Do I know that name, Tom? No. Um, Interesting. I don't know Captain Rios Kimbrack, but the name actually checks out. So, how far away is your captain? Uh, he's he's down in the valley. Uh, keeping the, uh, the the forces at bay uh, as best we can, at least. We, we've been trying to hold them back, but uh, I mean, if you're a Dawnbreaker, you know the uh, the powers of the Necrotists are, are extraordinary. And I just turn to the other two and I say, really, am I going to say that we have to take a detour to do something? But if there are forces of the Necrotists present, that triumphs over everything else in the order of our plans. Hmm. Well, I mean, if it's keeping us from getting over the mountain. It's an army of undeath created by the most evil thing yeah. in the history of the entirety of Gren. If we don't mm. stop this now, it could shatter the cycle. The ne- the Dawnbreaker's prime purpose. I mean, we didn't think we'd actually have to do this. But if the Necrotist is still alive, that actually, like, comes first. Yeah, and, have to have to- and Gwendolyn, like, this... For you, you've been raised on on these stories too. Like th- this one, there's yeah. a lot of obscura that only Duncan knows. But this this is like on par with like World War Two when we were growing up. Not so much now because want want, but like you know, <laughs> or like if if you're a Catholic who believes in possession, this is the devil rising up through yeah somewhere. Well, we gotta do it. Hmm, yes. What is your name, young orc? Um, he he kind of straightens up um, and he says, uh, "I am uh, Shadlock Kin Stoop of of Clan Stoop, and and a, a, I'm an initiate of the Dawnbreakers." And then he kind of like looks uh, looks expectantly at uh, at you, Duncan. And then he he, he kind of quietly mutters, "Like, did did I do it right?" You, you did all right. I'm not. I'm not sure the initiation rules where you are. So I'll have a talk with Rio so we can confirm. But you didn't do it wrong. I'll take that. And then he puffs his chest up and he's like, "Good, good. Uh, listen, I, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't realize I, I was uh, talking to a, a fellow Dawnbreaker and and uh, I guess your your traveling companions. This is the princess of Orville that all Dawnbreakers are sworn to protect. Uh, he, he looks very confused and and he's like. She's the. She, she. I'm the princess. This is Amala Kinslayer's I'm, I'm sorry, I was uh, con- confused. I, I, I didn't know that um, uh, that uh, Vinea Kinsolaris had children. I. We we hadn't heard any word of that. How old are you? Surprise. <laughs> oh, uh, well, good to meet you, Your Highness. I admit my. Knowledge of uh, Orvel is limited to uh, what, what the captain has told me, but it, it is an honor. I would bow, but, you know, tied to a tree in a yeti suit, as you do. Were you assigned here to kill anyone who passed by? 
No, no, we're we're trying to stop people from dying. I, uh, by any means necessary. Uh, it's it's vital. It's vital. Every every soul that dies in these mountains joins the Necrotus's horde. So what was your plan for us then? You pushed my friend into a spiked pit. Mm. Yes. And then my goal was to throw her off the cliff if need be. If people will not turn back, my job is to send them back however I can. But if they get any deeper into the mountains, they join the horde. I've had to do some stuff so I'm not kill- thrilled with, but... Yeah, killing people to save them. <laughs> killing people to save Just the spawn. world, your highness. I don't know how things are in Orville, up there in the clouds, but down here, everyone who dies in these mountains joins the horde that wants to destroy the entire world. Listen, if you're a princess, you must know... It wasn't that long ago that uh, that the Necrotus' forces were thought to be put down, and this is already happening. Hmm. That is... Yeah, no. Like, just, I, just coming in terms of the whole thing. I, I understand, yeah. Highness. It's just, you know... It, I'm, I'm, I was very sad to hear uh, of, of uh, the Lady Amala's death, but I'm glad she didn't live to see this. How many gnomes have you thrown off this cliff? I, I haven't had to. The uh, the winds have, have handled it for me mostly. I, I set up the skulls to scare them, and then I, I put the put some of the some of our fallen comrades there up in the trees. I, I I did have to kill a couple of their dogs, but they have been very insistent. They just keep coming. There are women Why? and children with them, and 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 parents. I I can't allow that. I can't allow them anywhere near the the, the valley of an ending war. Why then do these bodies not turn become? Undead. Hmm. They they were purified by uh, one of the uh, the clan priests. Hmm. He unfortunately also died and is now part of the horde. Hmm. To die and have your body be made an undead slave hmm. in an unending war. No, no, this is not the cycle. Hmm. No. And to kill innocents to keep them out of the army of evil is not what it is to be a dawnbreaker. So Rios has clearly fallen and led you down a false path. We need to speak with this Rios. We need to confirm this threat. And we need to stop the Necrotis. Any objections? I mean, you kind of got my nuts in a vice here. I'm tied to a tree. So that's the way you want to play it. We'll play it that way. He didn't really have a vote, but he did talk faster than either of you. I am with you. Yes. Mm. This conscription into an undead army must be put to an end. Mm. Yes. And hey, maybe we can get the army to fight with us. Mm-hmm. Eh? Honestly, I wouldn't turn down an alliance of Dawnbreakers to face off and protect the Crown and Orville from the Covenant of Creky and whoever this Shadow Mother is. I mean, honestly, we, we let's all start. I mean, the Captain Rios will, will give you the full brief, but this this was meant to just be a mop up expedition. We weren't. We will happily join our forces to yours if, if we can end this threat, but we, we were assigned to, to make sure that the, the remnant of, of the Necrotus's army was put down. Though he himself has been destroyed, we, we must make sure that no, no amount of his uh, tainted army remains, and this, this was meant to be a quick operation, but, well, me, me and my clan, we've been fighting here with Captain Rios for, for years. 
then we will finish the job, yes? Mm. Here, now. Mm. I will untie your feet. We will keep your hands tied. You will take us to Captain Rios. Uh, 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 understood. So you untie his feet. He kind of gets gets up. Uh, he goes and collects his Yeti mask and kind of like tucks it in his pocket uh, with tied hands uh, as best he can. Kind of stuffs it halfway down his pants. Uh, and he's like, honestly, these, this was very hard to make. Um, all right. Well, let's let's go. Uh, so with that, the- no, all right. Just yeah, apology accepted. <laughs> Look, your Highness, and he he like awkwardly shuffles to his knees, and he he like bows his forehead against one of your your feet, uh, and he just says, um, uh, "It it's it was never my intention to hurt anyone. I've I've done everything I can to not hurt or wound any of the gnomes or anyone else who's come up here. But you must understand how how dire the situation is. If you are in fact Vinaeus's daughter, you." Surely she must have filled you in on, on, on these horrors and the, the horrors of, of your ancestors. But I do apologize for my abominable snow orc antics. Thank you. Could you help me get up? I, I could get down to this cowtoy position, but getting back up from here is very difficult. <sighs> and I like, kind of grab him by the shoulders and set him upright. Thank you, your highness. I will never wash these shoulders again, <laughs> for they have received yeah. the royal touch. Oh, it's a, it's a bit much now. Let's just honestly, we can't bathe go. up here anyway. So, what are you gonna do? Um, so he uh, he leads you past the trees, and yeah, sure enough, once you get closer, you can see that the the bodies uh, are wearing what you'd expect soldiers to wear under under their armor. They look old, um, and um, he kind of leads you down a series. Once you kind of get past the trees. He leads you almost into a burrow that leads underground. Um, it's kind of a naturally forming uh, chasm. There's almost like, think like a trench, basically, that's been d- uh, not dug, but it's kind of a naturally occurring between two rocks. Uh, it's not always flat, but there are portions of it. Uh, and finally, he leads you to a cave uh, where you can hear a, a fire roaring and uh, the sounds of um, people speaking in Orcish um, and uh, the, uh, the kind of sharpening of weapons and um, sort of people going about their business. And uh, you find yourselves in a small, uh, essentially, uh, army encampment. Uh, and it looks rough. Like, this looks like uh, a, a unit that's been camped here for a long, long time and that has been in active combat constantly for a long time. So mm. it's everything is very worn. Everything is very used. Um, uh, they're all in kind of, like, rags um, that they've they've mended how as best they can, but everyone's clearly pretty worse for the wear. Um, the orcs are are all uh, pretty rough looking. Um, none of the the other orcs have uh, a copper bracer, and um, when you kind of help him out of his yeti suit, you see that um, Shadlock only has one. Um, Duncan, can you roll me a history check, please? That is a six. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's definitely not a modern bracer, but you're not sure what style it's based on. So similar to how yours are kind of an amalgam, it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever it is. Um, uh, you're led kind of back through the cave. Uh, the orcs are all kind of giving you strange looks. 
Um, and uh, finally, you enter uh, kind of a small alcove uh, with a little pond in the middle um, that's clearly kind of the war room. Uh, and there's kind of like roughshod maps and things drawn on the walls and um, like a weapons rack and a large table. Um, and behind the table is like a just um, uh, an exhausted looking man um, who has a sort of short cropped beard that kind of comes to two points. Um, he's, uh, he's missing his nose, but he's got kind of a cap for it. Um, so it's just kind of uh, like mm. a flat metal plate. Um, and, uh, he's got, uh, kind of two rings through one of his, uh, eyebrows. Um, his head is buzzed except for kind of a, a strip that comes to a small top knot. Uh, and he's wearing just beaten to shit armor, but it does look, um, Orvelian, um, in, in style at least. Uh, it's clearly been repaired a number of times and patched. Um, and you notice that he's wearing uh, a single copper bracer. Uh, and when you enter, his eyes go wide and he, he begins to weep. And he, he kind of like rushes around the table uh, and he runs up to you, Gwendolyn, and he, he drops to his knees uh, and he, he manages to choke out, uh, Lady Amala, they, they said you were dead. By the gods. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, so Amala, I, I, I don't know how much you know, but Amala died like a thousand years back. And I'm Princess Gwendolyn. This is Rama, which is now my body. I just thought we'd get this all out of the way. He like kind of looks up and falls backward onto his kind of his, his like falls back on his ass, kind of throws his hands up behind him. And um, with a look of just abject horror, uh, he says, A thousand years. We've been here for a thousand years. And he looks to Shadlock, who just kind of shrugs with his hands tied. Um, and he says, No, you, you, you must be mistaken, ma'am. Uh, uh, the Lady Amala Kinsolaris died 80 years ago. It can't have been a thousand years. We can't have been here that long. Uh, um, this is kind of new territory for me, so... Who is, who is the philosopher ruler of Orville? Uh, this well, is the philosopher ruler of Orville, the flying city. This is Princess Gwendolyn Kin Solaris, generations after Amala. I am Duncan Kindano, the last of the Dawnbreakers. This is Marka Deathcap, Gravewalker of the Tortles. We've come here a thousand years after the fall of Amala. We are traveling to save Orville, which has been captured. And the princess, the last remaining member of the line we can confirm is alive, has been interred into Amala's armor. It's a time of prophecy and apparently a time of confusion. But it has not been 80 years. It has been a thousand. Uh, he just starts screaming. And just trashing the place, like just sweeping the table uh, and crying and screaming. He failed his his uh, intelligence save. So he you 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 fear that you may have just broken this man. He is uh, he is a wreck. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. The series features Claire Blackwood as Red, 
Ryan LaPlante as Adrian Diesel, and Tyler Hewitt as Old Man Richter in a world created by Keeper Tom McGee. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now. You can see uh, Shadlock, um, even though he's still kind of bound by you, just like uh, shaking his head at the the orcs who are kind of coming to check on what's going on um, and kind of moving to try and block the site as much as possible uh, to kind of give his commander some some form of dignity. Uh, what do you try and do to calm this man down now that two of you have decided to just shatter his brain? I'm looking at you, Maka, because I feel like you're the one who might have the most compassion in the world right now. Yeah... <laughs> I'm curious about lesser restoration. Um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that would that would probably work here. Cure it's, a condition. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's an adjacent. Okay. I, I would argue that in this particular instance, it would have similar to in The Witcher when you can use like the mind trick on like horses to calm them. It's like normally for <laughs> Jedi mind tricking people, you can also be like, "Hey, horse, don't worry about the zombies." <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, okay, sure, I dig that. I think I'll like bear hug him keep his arms at his side and he's fighting me and yeah. just i let the the spores kind of come into his respiratory system and start to just like cycle through just send oxygen like to his brain and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and and uh i just like bear hug him uh and so just gonna like pat him on the back a little bit as well sure uh, and Maka will just be like easy now easy mm-hmm. let it go um, so he, he like, he fights you for a bit and then he just surrenders into it and, mm-hmm. and like allows, it's partially the spores, but you also get the sense it's partially just like, it's, it's the feeling of someone who hasn't experienced any form of like comforting intimacy in some time. A thousand years? Possibly <laughs> close to a thousand years. Uh, at least 900 years, uh, 910, 20, 20, 920. Um, so he he kind of tuckers himself out, um, and then uh, kind of eventually pats you kind of on the shell and and steps away. It just takes takes a second to kind of collect himself, and he turns back and and just says, um, "I am uh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry about that. Uh, we we've been locked in combat with the Necrotist forces for what definitely seems like years, but not not thousands by any stretch." Um, it's a difficult pill to swallow, knowing that everyone you've ever known is dead, and yet we we still stand here. Uh, you said a thousand years since Kinsolaris. Oh yeah, a- approximately. Um, he like grits his teeth a little bit, um, and then he he drops into a very archaic version of what you can still recognize as Norvellian courtly bow. Uh, and he says, I apologize if this has fallen out of fashion, your highness. I I clearly forget myself. Um, long life, Kinsolaris. And then he offers, he, he pulls um, like a war pick off his belt and he offers it up to you. Um, do I recognize this or is this um, like this gesture or is it... 
Uh, to, Duncan would have it, told you about the early, early, early days of Dawnbreakers when there was kind of this idea of vowing your your kind of weapon in your life to Amala or whoever the, the philosopher ruler of that time was because it was literally a show of like, similar to that like stupid Cubs thing where it's like, if you shake with your like left hand, it shows that you, like if you shake with your right, it means you have no weapons, but if you shake with your left, it means I have no armor and you can stab me if you need to, but it's a sign of trust. Is that kind of shit where it's like, I offer you my weapon. If you choose to just take it and kill me, you can do that. But it's it's a sign of yeah. of, of pledging okay. your life and your weapon to to the ruler of of Orville. Okay. Now um, I think I just want to um, kind of take him, like grab him like under the arms and like stand him up ah. and be like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Kind I kind of do like a my royal like nod of. Yes, sure. you know, but th- 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 thanks for that. Um, it's like, well, I mean, this is a ch- chance for us to fight side by side now. Um, he uh, he straightens up and um, kind of nods, uh, nods to you and says, uh, I, will, I will not let you down, your highness. Uh, and then he looks to you, Duncan, and he says, and uh, uh, Duncan Kindano of the, the Dawnbreakers, uh, you said you're the last of the Dawnbreakers. Is... I assume Commander Elos has passed some time ago. They, I assume they can't still be alive. The only thing that remains of Elos that I'm aware of is the blade that the princess carries. And he, he looks, gesture to it. Yeah, he looks at the blade and says, yes, that was their blade. Truly a spectacular weapon. Um, and he almost looks hungry. Like, it's almost like a, like both excitement, but also like glee. Um, and then he looks back up at uh, you, Gwendolyn, and he says, Your Highness, you don't understand the gift you've brought. That blade has slain more Necrotist forces than any other. You've brought us a great gift this day. And he looks back to Duncan, and um, he says, So, what is your story, Duncan Kindano? I am the new first captain of the Dawnbreakers, now that I know there are two. I need your report, and then I will need your confession. Uh, he kind of shrugs and he's like, oh, not, not how we did it in my day, but, you know, a little behind on the times, I suppose. Uh, so he begins to, to kind of walk you around the room and talk you through the, like the maps and charts. And basically what he explains is that, uh, he was dispatched by, at this point, the very elderly, uh, Commander Elos to investigate, um, disturbances in the, um, the bone spurs, uh, the bone spurs. Even after the the death of the necrotists or the destruction, rather of the necrotists, um, and also I should clarify. I know it's confusing. The necrotists himself was like the guy, but the forces were the like the necrotists. Uh, his power kind of embodied all of them. So you get it. So um, even though he'd the been royal dest- necrotists, well, yeah, yeah uh, and yeah, his name is Asher or something or other. So the destruction of Asher didn't destroy the. The entire the forces army. and the captains. It destroyed yeah, it like fractured. a lot of them, but um, the bone spur remained and was always viewed as kind of a distant threat, um, largely because it it was unnatural and clearly summoned by Asher. Um, so uh, people have been keeping an eye on it, and basically um, back then it was uh, still very difficult to summit, and people weren't really going in. 
Um, but uh, one of the the scouts who was kind of basically assigned to think um, at the beginning of Battlestar, there's that one like space station that just stays on the edge of known space, and the guy just his job is just to sit there in case. And then the Cylon showed up. Kind of that day uh, happened where one of the scouts was sitting there and saw Necrotus, um, a Necrotus soldier up in the mountains, uh, and sent word back to Orville. So um, Captain uh, Rios. Uh, Kin Brack um, was a young recruit at this point. Um, he'd uh, he joined the Dawnbreakers. He'd like he'd been. I think he just missed the war as a kid. Like he was born just in the baby boom that followed the the end of the the conflict with <laughs> the Necrotis. Um, but he he fucking grew up on those stories. So he uh, enlisted as soon as he could, and this was his first uh, his first real uh, test. His first real mission. Um, he was assigned to lead uh, the third fighting block of Clan Stoop, um, a faction of orcs that um, were allied forces to um, the uh, to Orvel and and to the Dawnbreakers. And uh, his job was to lead them into into the mountains and uh, discover what they could of, of the Necrotus forces. Um, seemingly, that was 920 years ago. Um, they have been locked in combat with the Necrotus forces since then. It took them uh, months to find them, but basically uh, the valley that they've kind of loosely dubbed the, the, the Valley of Unending War is a massive, think like um, France between trenches, World War One style hellhole. Um, it's because it's a valley it's a little warmer than the rest of the mountains it's still snowy but it's not as bad uh, and it is just straight up blown out no, no man's land there's these these kind of hellish trees that are down there um, <clears throat> any ground that's damaged seems to regrow and they've just been fighting the seemingly unending horde of necrotist forces for as long as any of them can remember uh, but the um, Vinaeus Kin Solaris, the um, uh, third ruler of Orvel, had commanded um, Brack and the, the third block to uh, ferret out any Necrotist troops and destroy them, and to not return until they were 100% certain that the threat of uh, Asher had been put to rest. If you think about uh, Lord of the Rings is a good comparison for this. If you think about like if Sauron disappeared and then someone found a bunch of ring wraiths, everyone who was kind of waiting to see if the big bad was actually dead would panic. So it was very much that, uh, and he expected reinforcements, but they never came. Um, that said, as modern Orvelians, you know that the Necrotus never returned, at least as far as either of you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's basically what's happened. He uh, deputized Shadlock um, some time ago, uh, giving him one of his bracers, um, because he, he just realized, like, the similar to the how the, the sort of story of the Dawnbreakers is as much an inspirational tale to encourage troops to work as it is anything else, he realized that the, the orcs needed to feel more a part of something than just a fighting block of like admittedly very good troops but they needed something more um the trouble began when people started trying to cross the mountains um to him this just seemed like a matter of course in the time of peace 
But um, as uh, explorers and fortune seekers and travelers stumbled into the valley, all that died joined the forces of the Necrotists, and slowly their ranks rose. Uh, so it got to a point yeah. where knowing that there wasn't much they could do to defend against an army that theoretically just can reload, um, they've actively been trying to deter people from venturing across the mountains, particularly from the side they know Orvel is on. Uh, because, I mean, Rios, is, uh, he's hes not, like, his reason for joining is similar to yours, Duncan, but it's you're clearly very different people. Um, but he's also the kind of kid that would have tried to climb this mountain if given the choice. So they've been deterring as best they can, but at this point there's kind of an awful war mentality that's set in of, like, if you have to kill them on the other side where they won't join the Necrotus army, that's one less soldier, so do whatever you have to. Luckily, they haven't had to kill anyone um, because the conditions are so rough, the winds are so bad uh, that, generally speaking, they've had to wound people um, and deter them. But between the Yeti suit and the, the small traps they've led, that's been enough to keep people away for quite some time. Uh, Maka has a question, just kind of as he's letting us know this sort of stuff. Um, he'll just raise a hand and say... Um, the necrotic magic that raises the dead do, do its effects reach all over the bone spurs he uh he nods Everywhere. and he says to, to the best of our knowledge anyone who dies within the mountain range rises once again Maka looks to Gwendolyn and Duncan and says uh, the gnome the gnome who passed away in the night. They buried him in rock. They could be in danger. Hmm. And he'll look back to uh, Rios and uh, and say, um, at the gnome merchant's base camp, there was a gnome who died in the night from sickness. Hmm. That far down, do you know if he will be turned, made undead? Uh, he he kind of shakes his head and says, uh, "We we haven't been back down. We can't be certain, but this entire the the bone spurs are essentially an island. So if if something died on the edge, are there people camped at the bottom of the mountains?" Yes, the the gnomes that you have been repelling. Those were the same gnomes. I feel like we've been mm. repelling. Like at this point, like a bit of the military vibe drops. Like I just feel. I feel like we've been repelling gnomes for years. Mm-hmm. They haven't. Ex- none of us really know how time works in this part of the okay. scenario. So All right. that's a question. Yep. I I understand. Okay. Uh, that's not great news. You sh- we should definitely. We had a priest uh, amongst the um, the third fighting block, but uh, he turned some time ago, um, near the beginning, actually. Uh, otherwise, he could have given them last rites, um, maybe stopped this. But no, if if he if he died anywhere near these mountains, then the odds of him coming back are incredibly high. One necrotist soldier against a bunch of civilians won't be much of a fight. They are. Women, children, merchants. Hmm. They 
are good as dead. And then you hear a war horn in the distance. And his eyes narrow and he says, shit, they're coming back. And I will turn to the princess and say, Highness, this battle is important, but if we let women and children die after the Dawnbreakers here have abandoned them, we are nothing. So, wait, so what? Go back down the mountain? You do get the sense that going down the mountain and possibly climbing it back up it would be easier without an aggressive yeti trying to fight you at the top of it. Um, but uh, So it is more possible now, and particularly now that they know you're on side. It'll still be a pain in the ass, but you can also like install something at the top to make your ascent easier the second time. Um, something else I'd like to draw attention to is, Laura, uh, at Gwendolyn's hip, um, the Elos blade uh, begins to, to hum. Okay. Uh, you remember hearing tales of uh, uh, Elos's famed singing blade, um, and how in combat it seemed that they they were particularly adept at felling Necrotus forces. Um, and um, you see a smile spread across Rios's face, and he looks up to Shadlock and he says, "The singing blade. I knew the commander wouldn't abandon us." Well, all right, then, I mean, I'm not a very good fighter, so... Look, uh, your, your Highness, far be it for us to, to issue orders to you. You are the, the hope of the realm. Um, I, I trust you to, to command your, your Dawnbreaker and your, um, uh, your, your, uh, your turtle. Maka. Maka, your Maka. Yes. Um, we, we must take to the field, but should you choose to join us, you, the... The blade of Commander Elos would, would be would be a, a tremendous force in anyone's hands. Um, but Have you identified the leader of the Necrotist forces? Do you know what general drives this army? Um, he uh, he shakes his head sadly and says, "No, we. Th- there must be a plague mage amongst them. Uh, I, I can't imagine how else they would manage to continue to to raise troops. Uh, but we we've never identified him. Uh, it's." Uh, it's chaos down there. Once once you get into the, the mud and the dirt, it's very hard to ascertain so if anything. We, if we slay the mage, the army corrupts and falls. At the, yes? at the very least, they won't be able to raise more. Then perhaps if we could win this skirmish, this may be the first step towards saving those gnomes. And if we can survive this wave, we must go. We have to keep them safe. But this will achieve both goals. Um, he, he nods and he says, I... Sir, I would want nothing more than your support on this battlefield, but if these gnomes truly have a Necrotus amongst them, you must understand they will be dead by the end of this skirmish. All right, well, maybe I should just take a run back down and and deal deal with that and come back up. Sound, I like that you're treating it like a run to the corner store. Like, just pop down <laughs> yeah. there, get some milk, get some smokes, so I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah Highness, it, will, well, it will have to be you and I. Oh, no, that, sound, that sounds great. Let's go down. All right, so... We'll save the gnomes. To clarify, uh, the plan is to go back down the mountain, save the gnomes, and then come back to deal with the war. Is that correct? Yeah. Maka, are you going with them or are you staying up here? That's right, I'm giving you a choice to split the party, because I'm a fucking yeah. idiot. 
And I hate myself. It seems like the greatest threat to the cycle is here. And so, as a soldier or a warrior for Jossie and, and a... Yeah, this is tough. Um, Princess. Sire Tortle. There may be an answer here that I do not care for, and it requires me to trust Captain Rios, which, frankly, I struggle with after hearing that Shadlock watched gnomes fall to their deaths off a cliff. If you two stay and fight here, you have the Elos Blade. You have magics that can perhaps find a plague mage. And the Dawnbreakers have to make recompense to the gnomes. Shadlock, do you believe you could take one necrotist fighter and save families of gnomes? Um, he uh, kind of uh, straightens up and he says... Yeah, 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 yes, sir. I, I will, I will duel the Necrotis in single Captain combat. Rios. Captain Rios, can he actually win this? <laughs> um, Rios uh, nods. He says, um, "Shadlock uh, is is the the bravest uh, and and most compassionate of of all of our fighters. That's why I put him uh, in charge of deterrence. Uh, I thought that." He, at the very least, would attempt to preserve as much life as he can. He's a he's a fearsome fighter, but um, he's got more heart than skill. And Shadlock's like, "Sir, I built a very good Yeti costume." He's like, "Yes, you are also good at sewing." Not. <laughs> I don't know that you can take. Although a newly risen Necrotus, possibly on the other side of, of the mountains, might might be weaker, but I don't give it great odds. A question. All right. mm. How do you fare in these battles? Mm. Do you lose soldiers every time? We we always lose some, but we we make sure to to deal as much damage as we can to the Necrotus in return. We're lucky, though. We we've we found ways to to slow the revival process. We haven't seen their ranks bolstered in some time. It's not as effective as, as a proper blessing from a war priest, but we've we've managed to, to slow their ranks. It's more so if civilians arrive, we, we take care of our own. It's unpleasant, then and I wouldn't wish it on an innocent, but we do it. Then you will do what you must here, now, as soldiers. And we will go down to the gnome camp. Keep Necrotis numbers from rising this way. Hmm. Yes. They, we do run the risk of, of an, a new army spreading there, and if, if they're on the other side of the mountains, there's nothing to stop them from heading back to attack Orvel itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the innocents, the, those not trained in combat, they will be massacred. Yes. And then not given the peace of death. They will not. They will be pulled from the cycle into undead servitude. This is what we must do then. Yes, the. We go back. We stop. We stop them there. We come back to help you fight here. A fight you have been fighting for 1,000 years. Surely. Yeah, let's. A few moments more. Let's. Let's get that done. 
I, I have no idea how long Moff is going to go on. It felt like he was going to stop like four times. I'm <laughs> just like, and enact plan now. The princess. Yes. So and so in, to summarize. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, admittedly, uh, Gwendolyn is what, like 20? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. All right. So um, as the, uh, the the horns get closer and closer uh, and the, the orcs begin sounding their own, um, sort of starting to, to like, um, mar- like beat out tattoos on war drums, um, the, the horn for the two organics amongst us um, makes you feel ill just a little bit. Um, there's something so discordant about it that it's just... It's it's not just a clear clarion call. It's something just discordant and warped and just... It makes, like, for Duncan, it would make your skin tingle and you don't really know why. It's just one of those things that's a little unnerving. Um, and the uh, you can see the uh, the soldiers of the uh, the third fighting block just like grabbing grabbing their gear, psyching themselves up. You can see they're very like these guys have been fighting together for a long time, so they are fucking ready to go. They're like firefighters. Like the the horn goes, they're just like, yep, we're good. Uh, and they start kind of marching. Uh, they kind of slammed their helmets down in unison. Um, and um, just like as one yell something in orcish and uh, rush out into the field um, and you can see movement in the distance as the uh, the Nexus forces spill into the uh, the fields as well um, and uh, Captain Rios uh, sort of swings his war pick around uh, and he says um, uh, uh, your highness uh, sir sir Tortle I, I sincerely hope that uh, you succeed in your mission uh, and that you save the, the, the women, the men, and the children who, who cannot fight uh, and that you enlist the help of those who can and that you return soon. But in the meantime, we will hold the line. Um, and then he, he just yells like, We bring the dawn! And he runs, uh, he runs out into, into the fray. Um, and with that, the three of you make your way uh, as as kind of the the sun begins to set because uh, it's been a reasonable amount of time. It's it's been about a day. Um, you begin to make your way kind of back down, um, sort of navigating the howling winds uh, that whip past you, uh, hammering in like more permanent batons so that you can climb back up easily. Uh, and the three of you make your uneasy way uh, back down the cliffside. Is there anything you want to discuss before you return to camp? Not me. This entire situation doesn't add up. He's been fighting for a thousand years, but he's not aware. It's been an endless war. He thinks the gnomes have been here for eternity. And the mountain regrows, not just the dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't know how deep this magic goes. That war horn itself made me feel ill. I don't know the express like there is something more going on here than just Rios, than just the mountain, than just Shadlock. Can I cast uh, detect magic? Sure. Um, I would. So I described earlier kind of an echo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like that, but when you're specifically reaching out with with detect magic, um, it, it's it's a thundering reverb. Um, everything around here bleeds magic. The entire mountain itself, the mountain range seems to bleed magic. Um, that said, it doesn't feel like uh, a single spell, per se. 
it more feels like somewhere nearby there's a source of tremendous magical power. Um, and then interweaved with that, there is a tremendous amount of additional magic at work. Do I get uh, an, an indication of what direction that massive power is coming from? Uh, if you were to venture a guess, it would be near the valley. If not the valley. That, the never-ending war is... Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, you get the... And I mean, knowing what you know about the cycle, the odds that every... Because, like, the fact that the gnomes are in a specific place, that they crash-landed here, that you crash-landed here, that the yeti who's waiting at the only path up a mountain, that there's two armies clashing in the scent, like... This all tracks to you as as if there's something this powerful, the cycle would draw everything towards it. Like, it just naturally makes sense that whatever is emanating this power is drawing other things toward it, whether they know oh, it so or not. So we're, we're like the white blood cells of the cycle, essentially? Just nature uh, fights? Kind of. I, I think it's, it's less that this, fe- this doesn't feel like part of the cycle, necessarily. It's more so that knowing kind of how the cycle works and knowing how these sorts of things work. Yeah, like, Ryan, that's a good, I think a good metaphor, just it isn't the cycle, like, it's not like you're in the cycle and that's what's happening. But yes, essentially, it's like white blood cells being drawn towards a wound. Like, it's... Um, or an infection. It, it seems everything is is just inexorably drawn to whatever this energy is. Right. Um, that said, you don't feel drawn to it through the cycle, and the three of you feel more so that you individually stumbled into it than that mm. you were drawn directly to it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. This wasn't okay. fated for yeah, us Yeah, it's not in fated and there's way. no compulsion. Yeah, um, okay. So... Uh, with uh, sorry, do you, did you have anything else you wanted to discuss as you kind of make your I, way back down? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I just wanted like yeah. as you were spitballing there, it made sense for me to cast a tech magic just to kind of totally. get absolutely an idea. So, um, with kind of haste, um, you make your way back, and again, this has taken some time. Um, the the valley isn't like next door to this this ridge, um, so it's been about a full day. You've been gone for for a significant amount of time. Um, and, uh, you come, um, rushing kind of back into, uh, into camp and, um, you hear, uh, a sort of a century, uh, probably one of those people with bows call out, um, Hey, who goes, <coughs> who goes there? We're the party that was here earlier. It's Duncan, Kindano, Princess Gwendolyn and Marka Deathcap. Oh, oh, uh, <coughs> right. Okay. Uh, hey guys, uh, th- th- those guys who showed up here are back. Um, and he comes out and uh, he lowers his bow and he says, uh, "Yeah, sorry, uh, I don't think we've met. Uh, my name's Turfel." And you recognize the gnome who was buried yesterday. This episode of Curse Code and Crowd Sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse Code and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at the Ryan LeBlanc. Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGeeTD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse, Code, and Crown! 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.